Um, okay, okay, let me let me start by saying, uh, hey, <laughs> hi. I, I I wanted to I I miss podcasting with you. Here we go. I did too. Now. To be honest, I did yeah. too. That's it. Yeah. This is all the cards on the table. Immediately. I I missed having an excuse to get on mic and uh, chat with you over the internet with the knowledge that there are people who might listen to it later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And did and and still and do. You know I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm really shocked. sorry. <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't want to stop just because we are seeing, uh, less COVID related restrictions. Mm-hmm. We're certainly not isolated. We've seen each other in person. People are seeing each other all over the place. I mean, if anything, it's more reason to, we have more things to talk about. Right. It just, <laughs> and there you go. I never thought of it that way. This is actually, yeah, uh, logical. I mean, I'm sure if you listen back to the last episode, it's like, it's, it was, it was a challenge. Like, what are we talking about today? What are we doing? Like nothing sure. new. What's new with you? No, not, not much. Still at home. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit of a drag. Um, but now there's, there's new things. So ostensibly, uh, we're calling this hi, how are you today? Yeah. <laughs> cause, cause why not? And I went on Canva. And, uh, and I made, I made cover art (laughs) and that's it. We're good to go. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's great. I like the freckles for me too. And the spectacles and everything. I think, I think it's a look I can aspire to. I've got a little, uh, stripey toupee thing on there, but I mean, what am I going to do? It's what Canva gave me. So that's what I look like. According to this, here's the thing. Uh, I'm, I was thinking I'm not going to change the, like, I don't want to start a new podcast. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to no. do that. Like, well, it's like, oh, I'm going to go start a new. Who wants to do that? Now I got to go and rebuild the 11 people that listen to the ISOcast. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> hey, I don't want to, I'm just going to, I think I can just put this into the feed and just, just change it. I don't know if that's, uh, you're allowed to do that, but I'm going to do that. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, why not? Why not? So here's the first, I uh, guess. Those that were expecting this to be isocast because you subscribed to that, mm-hmm. you know, sorry, um, feel free to unsubscribe. Um, those that are new and wonder why previous shows were different than this, sorry, but um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to roll, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's like a new season of a show that goes in a different direction, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. With you the know same the shows characters. where like they, they they kill the protagonist, but they continue on anyway. Or, Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this is our Game of Thrones. I like it. I like it. There there are two things uh, that I that I that I picked up recently. I, I I just noticed and I wanted to say something about. Number one, I became one of those suckers who daily drinks these athletic green juices. You know, you hear about them on all the podcasts and all the celebrities and all the people, mm-hmm. you know, paying a hundred dollars a US a month yep. to, to yep. drink these. All the YouTubers are talking about it. I'm hooked, man. Are you? <laughs> I love these things. This is my first meal today okay. at uh, three in the afternoon. Yeah. I love, love, 
love these. I don't know. Give me the, give me the elevator pitch. So, so what is it? Why, what did, why, why should I do it? It's a nutritional supplement, right? So for those that have maybe an incomplete uh, diet, which is kind of everybody. But again, you know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day and it wasn't like, do you really need all those things? I mean, we lived forever with all of that. Yeah. It's more about optimizing your health. It's like, it can't hurt to have this many things. And where I kind of got hooked on this was not all of the, uh, boy, they do good marketing. Um, it was that it's from New Zealand and it's like made mm. in the U S and the ingredients look kind of legit. And I'm doing a little bit kind of the digging and the sourcing and stuff. And I'm like, okay, this actually looks like it's legit green juice, you know, not like, uh, mm, this is powder. That's just going to make your pee green and you're going to pay a hundred dollars a month. Does it, does it replace anything for you? So I, what I've seen in the past is people will, or I will, will do that, but I'm not stopping like drinking, you know, Coke or, or whatever, or I'm not replacing a meal every day. So it's just like an extra thing. Is it actually replacing something for you? No, it's not a meal replacement shake. Okay. It's more, uh, it's just a nice tasty green juice in the morning. So they recommend that you have it. This is not an ad. First thing, uh, as your first kind of thing that you eat. Uh, and then wait like 10, 15 minutes before you eat something else so that your body can like fully absorb all of it. Mm. Now, I don't know if this is hooey, but I can say this. Uh, I and other people in this household have had their first drink of this and noticed two things immediately and they've been sustained. Did not have any afternoon crash. Like sometimes, you know, like okay. mid-afternoon, you're like, oh man, I haven't had it ever at all. And second, your appetite is like, whoa, way lower throughout the day. Okay. Um, again, in theory, you, you have nutrients in your body and your body's going, we're, we're pretty good here. Don't need a lot. Don't need a lot. Uh, so I like that. I'm like a shake guy in the morning, you know, like I, I like, I like that. Do a light exercise and then have a shake and good for until mid afternoon, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a workout guy now. You're a weightlifter. I, I've become one. <laughs> Dude, bro, you, do you even lift? <laughs> I got, it's like old school, right? I got my DVDs and I got my TV with that DVD thing that goes in there. And Holy hell. Do it in the morning. And I mean, not every morning. I'm not that guy, but four times a week is what I shoot for. Usually yeah. pretty good at it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And the other days I just do, you know, walks and, and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's working for me. So are you doing like protein shakes, like getting some extra protein to like vega in in the water afterwards yeah me too and then some uh this is not at all but silk uh coconut oh yeah milk that goes in it yeah nice nice okay so you're you're uh you're getting your macros (laughs) see this is the thing like i don't know anything about that i know that exercising makes me feel good and that's why i do it yeah i don't really care what i look like um, although that's a tertiary benefit, I suppose, but mm. I, it makes me feel good energy throughout the rest of the day. That's interesting. Like this is not rocket science It's news to me, not to the world, obviously, but like right. when I do exercise later in the day, like I just don't feel tired. I feel like I have energy. Yep. Like there's a lot of these kind of benefits that I really like, mm-hmm. um, feel better about myself. And then that's, that's really why I wanted to start doing it. If going back to the ISOcast, like not having a lot of uh, interaction or just exercise. So that, it was a, a result of that, but I've just continued on because I love it. You say now, because I was you three years ago when I started lifting. 
<laughs> I'm like, okay, look, I had some back issues. I'm going to try and get better. La 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 la. And it all worked out great. And you, you think here's why I'm doing it. And those reasons never change, but you start stacking on top of those reasons. Believe me, you, there becomes a point where it's like, I went from two times a week cause I can like reasonably do that to definitely three times a week, non-negotiable. I'm the guy in the hotel. If it's my lift day, lifting at the hotel, like I got to mm. do it. I, and then, and then you start, you start tracking your macros. Next thing it's going to happen. Cause you're going to start going, you know what? At my age, I should be concerned about my protein intake. And you start looking at that stuff and it's just, it's a slippery slope to becoming the guy who's walking around, walking around with a shake. Because it's the next thing. It's the next challenge, right? Like once you, or, you know, Royal you becomes sufficiently good at something, you're like, well, okay, I'm good at this. So what's next? What else can I add to this? What else can I challenge myself with? Because I said the same thing to myself, like, oh, I'll just do it. I don't care about the results, but now how many sets did I do today? What weight did I do last time? Like you just... It's like golf, you know, you like you play against yourself. Like, you do. can I, can I beat my score from last time? So I believe it. And again, like you said, the, the consequences of this activity are fantastic <laughs> across the board. Like you every, everything improves. I, I have to say that, uh, now that I've kind of shifted into that, you may, you might find, and we talked about this actually goes all the way back to episode one, where we talked about atomic habits. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might find that as you continue to stack some of these, these routines and habits into your life, it naturally squeezes out a lot of other things that don't fit into that lifestyle. So funny enough, like the things that I like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I drank less? I just don't drink pretty much at all anymore because it just, I, I don't like the way I'm going to feel either at the gym or I'm not going to rest well, or I'm not going to like to wait. Uh, just all of these things that because of I'm doing this stuff, I don't, I genuinely don't want to do that other stuff. It's become non-negotiable for me. Like this is what I do. Like I work out in the mornings and working from home, living at home, like obviously makes it much easier, but I'm not a gym guy. I never have been actually on our trip that we just came back from. We both went to the gym in the, in the resort. And that was the first time I think probably not ever, but really that I can remember that I actually went to an actual gym. Yeah. So this thing that I do at home with my DVDs, that's, I just need someone to tell me what to do. And I do it and it's nice, but I've never also never like get up at five 30 guy. Like I'm not that guy. No. So I wake up at like six 30, have a little wake up, start at seven, do like a 45 minute, you know, shower, get on with my day kind of thing. But that's the same thing. Like the night before I go to, you know, if I don't go to bed by 10, I'm not getting up. It's harder. It's harder to get up. And then I'm like, Oh, I punish myself for that. So it's, it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I started doing, well, you know, I've always done the intermittent fasting, which is, it's really not fasting. It's just restricted eating schedules, but <laughs> not to get into the minutia of it. I, I, I'm on this 16-8, right? So I, I, I feed for eight hours a day and I fast for 16 hours, right? And okay. I, ideally, I do it from noon till 8 p.m. I'll eat from noon to eight. That's a very easy feeding schedule for me. It works into my lifestyle and I'm not too, I I don't, I'm not hungry in the morning at all anymore. So it works out pretty good. And then I've got this new thing though, speaking of how one thing just kind of rubs against the other is I don't say to myself, oh boy, I'm still like, I'm actually hungry at 10 o'clock at night and I'll eat something. All that means is I don't get to eat again tomorrow until two. And I'm still going to try and stop at eight, right? So when you really start to measure those consequences, 
it's like, okay, I'm totally going to have this salad or this, this big slice of ham <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. It's usually one of the two. More often the ham. <laughs> slice of ham. This is what, this is what I'm going to pay for it, you know. And uh, it's been working out pretty well. I like, I mean, it's just all consistency for me. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the book, what James Good talks about too. But like at first, you know, I would work or in my whole life, like I would be jogging for like a couple of weeks and then I would stop for like a few months. And then I, like it was never, I never had consistency. And, and now finally I have a routine that works, that's doable, that's manageable for me and everything else. It's more just, it's well-rounded, right? I wake up at the same time, even on weekends, like I'll give myself an hour, probably sleep in like an hour longer, but no longer than that. And just keep my body in the same routine. I'm not yeah. yo-yoing around. Yeah. And it's just, it's automatic now. It's so funny because a lot of the things that um, people want to do or invite me to do, I've I just turned into a total yuck that mm. are like, a, it's, it's just a hard no. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you want to hang out and do some stuff or grab some lunch or grab a coffee or whatever, that's cool. But if you want to hit the bar or do some drinks or, or whatever, it's like, yeah, just no. It's not no, <sighs> not for me. I mean, even anything after nine o'clock is a non-starter. Like even for us, like <laughs> yeah. watching a like an hour-long Netflix, whatever it is. If it's nine o'clock, we're both like, uh, I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, mm-hmm. not gonna make it. No, I, you know, I thought maybe it's because I'm getting old at forty-seven, and you like your routine and you want things to be a certain way. But it's funny. I'm I'm in the best shape I've been in probably my life. I'm feeling better than I have in decades. I just like this this sustainable predictable level of meanness mm-hmm. uh there, because before there was a lot of i don't knowness that i was living <laughs> you know i don't know how i'm gonna be tomorrow <laughs> we'll see <laughs> but now consistently barring anything unusual i have a pretty good idea where my energy level is going to be at what's going to affect it and and uh, when I'm going to be, a f- like, actually be able to show up for the things I need to do. And when, if it's like, hey, can you do this at this time? It's like, I, that's not going to work for me because I know me. That's mm-hmm. not going to work for me at that time or I'm not going to be able to do it. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I mean, even for us, like, we moved into this new neighborhood. It's really cool. It's nice. And we're exploring it, like, during the day. And people are like, oh, where have you? What bars have you? Like, no, we haven't actually done. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not, that. like, on purpose. It's just we have a routine at night that just like, we don't like, I go to bed. So. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I have in, in the thing, it's like, well, I do a lot less uh, telephone things now. Right. I, you know, the, okay. the less, I don't have the social media apps on my phone. I haven't for a long time. I don't, I don't do a lot of the stuff on my telephone and it's not because I'm being that guy or I have to be some intentional tech Luddite or it's more that, Hey, I'm just starting to realize that I'm a lot happier this way. So I don't want it to come off the way we're talking that it's like, Hey, I have anything against anybody who's doing them. Right. No. And when someone's like, Hey, come on out for drinks and let's get ripped and let's have a get, let's get a good hanging as the kids say, like, dude, (laughs) I'm, I'm with you right up like on the hang part, but everything else is just not going to work for me. If you want to go rent some kayaks on a, on a Tuesday afternoon, I'll take work off and that'll be cool. That's just me now. I'm becoming that guy. Not the like, uh, oh, you shouldn't be drinking because I, I don't care. I drink. No. I used to drink a lot. I still Good. do. Yeah. Weekends though. I'll, I'll buy my six pack on the Friday after work. And, okay. And away yeah, we yeah. go, you know? Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. Because that works for me. I mean, that's, that makes, like you said, that makes me happy. And I've really like gone back to like, oh, reading for 30 days, 30 minutes a day really 
does something for me. That that makes me happy. So I got my exercise. I bookend, no pun intended, bookend the day, right? Yeah. <laughs> exercise in the morning. And this one I'm still working on. I haven't quite developed into the atomic habit, but 30 minutes before bed of, or 30 minutes somewhere throughout the day of of reading. And that's a habit that, I mean, I just love reading. When I get out of it, it's really, I find it difficult to get back into for some reason. Like mm-hmm. it becomes more of a decision to like, am I going to read today? But when I'm in that, this is what I do for 30 minutes a day. I love reading, man. Like it's, it's great. I, I just finished a great book on boundaries. Um, I was like, oh, I'm going to finish this book this weekend. And I, I chewed it down yesterday because I was intentional about it. And I really, really enjoy reading now that I found out that I needed glasses. Like once I got <laughs> glasses, it was, it was, wow, this is really fun. Because before it turns out it was hard for me to see. I have to though, like you said, make it, kind of a thing I don't think about. Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading a ton more in the spring and the summer and I couldn't figure out why I slowed down. It's because I was going downtown less. And I realized that I got into the habit that every time I got on the train and every time I got in the subway, instead of pulling up my phone, I pulled out a book. Every time I was sitting there waiting for something to happen, I would just pull my book out. And it was like, I was chewing down a book a week. So now I've gotten back into that habit again where I'm catching myself on my phone. I'm like, so I took all the news apps off my phone. I'm like, okay, instead of looking at that, I put, I put Kindle on my phone. It's nice. like, if I'm really just sitting there and I really got to do it, well, I'll just, I'll just continue on with whatever I'm reading Kindle, but it's becoming like, um, it's more just like that, that, that it tops into what atomic habits are always taught. It's changing the type of person that you are yeah, as opposed to changing just what you do. Yes. Exactly. Stephen King, I think I remember him saying once about him, like he would just take a book. He'd always have a book on his person. Like he'd be waiting in line at the supermarket. He pulled out the book, waiting in line for a museum. He has his book. He pulled it out. It's because he wanted to be a person who read. Like he wanted to, I mean, obviously one of the most prolific writers, one of my favorite authors, but a large part of becoming a good writer is being a good reader. And he would always just have a book with him. So anytime there was something that he was waiting for, he would just be reading. And I thought that was so simple but i never thought about that and that's what james clear says like make it make it accessible or make it easy and for me now i have to take my book i don't take it everywhere with me but i, I make a more conscious effort of having a book around when i know i'm going to be waiting for something how how um what, what are you reading right now i'm reading a stephen king book i'm reading <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm reading misery oh nice nice i've um i've got Which a cute great I've got a queue of, I don't, I don't know how big your queue is. I've, mine is probably always about eight or nine long. books deep. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I gave myself permission because somebody gave me permission once. I don't know if you do this to, if you're not enjoying a book to stop reading it. Absolutely. Yeah. I of didn't course. realize that you can do that. You can just put it down. I don't like this book. Like there's this completest part of me that's like, I got to finish the book because I started it. But I used to be like that. I'm like, that's silly. Like life is too short. Like, no. Life is too short. I read a great book this summer called 4,000 Weeks which is really, uh, he's a, he's a recovered productivity guru who, who scheduled everything in his life and worried constantly about maximizing all of his time, including his vacation time. Mm-hmm. And then eventually was just kind of a, wait a minute, whoa, what, what am I doing? Right. There's only 4,000 weeks in theory that I'm going to be alive. I should really just stop this stupid crap and enjoy it. And one of the yeah. things in the book I remember was just like, if you're reading a book and you're not enjoying it, stop reading it. <laughs> pick up, pick up another book. We do this all the time with TV shows. Like we don't go, I'm, I'm going to finish this entire eight episode, eight season series of the show. I don't like. Right. 
We right. just stop watching it. Right. And for me, what would happen in that case, and it has happened, is I would put that on the book because I don't like it. But then I would stop reading. Like I wouldn't pick up another one. But well, I haven't finished it. Right. <laughs> and then I would just get out of my reading habits. Like that's silly. Like no, put it back on the shelf or sell it or get rid of it or whatever. Yep. And then pick up another one. Yep. Or um, sometimes I'll go back to it. I'll give it another go because maybe mm. I wasn't I wasn't in that headspace at that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have a terrible habit of listening to uh, a podcast called Ten Percent Happier with Dan Harris, and it's okay. really good, really good. And it's one of those, like, every other guest, I'm going to buy their book. <laughs> like, I'm on a walk somewhere, and I'm listening to a podcast, and I pull out the Amazon app, and I order the book. And I don't want to order on Amazon. I want to order otherwise, but I've had too many problems with too many other places charging me for books, and they never arrive. So I, I end up at Amazon again. But point, I've just got this stack of books. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this. You're, you're mostly a nonfiction guy, right? I am almost exclusively nonfiction. I have been reading your recommendation, Shadow of the Wind, for two years. Mm. <laughs> and it's gorgeous and it's beautiful. It's well-written and it, it tickles my imagination. But I'll tell you, I uh, still haven't finished it. Because you don't like it or because I don't you're think not ready I, for it? Or? I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's the genre or the writer or the subject. Cause sometimes I think to myself, boy, I would read a star Wars fiction book every day of the week, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just for the fun of it. Um, or would I, I don't know. We'll wait until you write one and then we'll find out. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, I go back and forth. I do like one, one fiction, one nonfiction. I go back and forth with my fiction that like, it's like that commitment thing. Like, yeah, I have to know, like, that's why I love Stephen King. Cause he has some, some ones that are like not great, but for the most part is, I mean, just, I love, I love his writing. It's a page turners. And I love that it's, it's deep, you know, it's not just like clowns jumping out at you from the sewers. Although yes, you know, but there's, there's a psychological realness about the stories that he tells. And this among the, the clowns, there's this relatability, which he's just, he's, it's magic for me. Like, I don't know how he does it. He's amazing at it. Um, so even in all of the unbelievable or non-believable things that he ha- has in his stories, there's an element of realism there, which is like a, a wicked marriage. So uh, I, those are the fiction books that I, that I love. I picked up recently. This is the one I just started. I'm going to reach and grab it so I get it right. Okay, because I'm giving myself, I'm trying to give myself permission to read for fun. Because mm. something's lodged in my brain leads me to believe that you have to read for a purpose. Um, and even though fun is a purpose, <laughs> you know, I got, yeah. Uh, so I got uh, The Creative Act, A Way of Being, the new book by Rick Rubin, the the music producer. Okay. A music producer, legend guy. So this is like, okay, and I'm going to read a book that is just about being a creative person in the world. And I'm reading this because I, I know that I'm going to enjoy it. Not because necessarily I'm going to get anything out of it. At least that's what I thought. But then I realized, am I just tricking myself into reading another book? Because I think that I, I should in order to get something out of it. I don't know. Hmm. Anything wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with any of it. <laughs> 
there's nothing wrong with me, but there's nothing wrong with anything that I'm doing. I guess my point is that I'm still trying to find that, that place where reading isn't a thing that I should do. It's a chore, you know? I like the imagination part of reading. And I think maybe this is why, like a lot of Stephen King movies, like Shawshank aside, are bad. Yeah. <laughs> because I think when you read his books, like your imagination just goes wherever and it's part of how he tells the story allows you to dictate what you imagine but in a movie there's that visual they're telling you this is what it looks like and if it doesn't match what you thought or i think there's an element to that where it's really hard to make a movie from his kind of stories and so for me reading is the imaginative part allowing with good writing allows me to take it where i want to take it and really think about it and that's fun for me, even though I can be learning something, it can be for a purpose, but that allows me to like think and, and, you know, contemplate different things that I wouldn't have just by watching a movie, for example. I used to work at a convenience store when I was like 16 and it was called Becker's, which mm -hmm. became Wink, I think became something else. I don't know. It, you know, changed hands a lot until it all is eventually owned by the Couchetard group. And I, at 16, there was no uh, internet. There were no smartphones. There was, there was none of that nonsense that we, we take for granted now. There was only, you know, TV and, uh, and, and paper things. So in my job at Becker's, I would work eight-hour shifts from 4 p.m. till midnight. Uh, and most of the time, I was sitting there um, doing nothing because that's what you do when you work at a convenience store. <laughs> you just sit there and do nothing. And there was a, uh, so I grabbed, there was a, like a, a rack, like one of those spinning racks of fiction books. And one of them was Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. It was like, I don't know, it was like four bucks, five bucks. So I, I bought it. I'm like, I don't know, I'll read a book, I guess. I read that whole thing, uh, except for the last page. <laughs> for some reason, I never finished the book. <laughs> what? And I loved it. Like, I just loved it. I got, I got so like enthralled in the story and the idea and, and I, in chaos theory and dinosaurs and genetics and stuff. It was just amazing. Point being, I think that's one of the few books that I went and I saw the movie and it translated super well. Okay. It was like, wow, everything that I saw and imagined, because I mean, let's be real, they're dinosaurs on, on an island off Costa right. Rica. How, how wrong could you get that? But man, it was perfect. The movie was perfect when it, when it, in terms of how it wasn't one of those, like, don't read the book first. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's, um, uh, Spielberg too. So, I mean, yep. he doesn't yep. get too much wrong. Uh, no, no. And it was a good movie. It was a good movie and a great story and a good book. But I remember one thing now specifically about that particular movie that still irks me is that the opening scene and mm -hmm. we know this as people who live there was two guys sitting on a beach in san jose costa rica <laughs> it's like oh no oh no <laughs> I, it's funny right like how many of those things would happen now or do they and we just unless you know you don't know kind of thing you know right yeah you'd never know i mean it's like i, I guess you say so right Half the people thought the Costa Rica is an island. <laughs> Still do. The other half are surprised that Montreal is an island. So what are you going to do? That is, sometimes I forget as well. 
Geography's um, hard. How how are you? How are you today? Is that what we're calling this? Is that um, yeah, we're calling it hi. How are you today? That's that's where mm. we're that's where we landed so far. Okay, it, it could change. <laughs> it, it can always change. So we're gonna have a little crossover here from our previous because I'm looking at a, a little COVID test right here. Have you? Uh, have you? It's negative. It's oh, negative. congratulations! Thank you. Because you just traveled. We did. Yep. Uh, my partner's not so lucky. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, she's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, a little stuffed up and a little sneezing, but oh, no worse for wear. Okay. But we, uh, I, I'm shocked that I, according to the test, I mean, I feel I feel great. I feel mm-hmm. perfectly fine. I mean, we've been around each other for an entire week, and plane, airport. Wow. around the house and we're sitting next to each other watching movies and everything i don't know what's going on but i feel great and i just wanted to do the <laughs> test just to make sure like maybe i have it and like no yeah. symptoms but according to this all, all clear so i haven't i think you you and your partner are the same i don't know too many people who haven't had it yet do you i don't know if i've had it though <laughs> right so yeah. i like i don't know uh every time i've tested because i had to i, I tested negative um, whether you trust those tests or not, it's another thing, right? you know, because especially the home tests, I mean, who knows? who knows, um, the ones that they did, like, for example, when we were in Costa Rica and we had to fly back and we had to test and they show up at your hotel room and they tested us there. I don't know. Do they really do the tests? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we, we went to Mexico maybe. last year. We had to get a test where we got a, something before we came back, but I feel like it was just, uh, you know, you pay 10 bucks and away you go kind of thing. There's been more than one occasion though that I, I have been really, really, really sick. Mm-hmm. And COVID was a, a logical uh, explanation. The, right. the, first, the first time was pre-pandemic when I was visiting you in Toronto, mm-hmm. right? And just got wiped out. Because um, for some reason I thought, oh, yeah, th- it turns out there's an outbreak here in Toronto and I'll just roam around. <laughs> the subway for a bit because I was bored and I did. And I, and I came home and boy, I got, I thought I was going to die. Like I was, I was Googling, do I go to the hospital if I mm-hmm. have COVID? And then a couple times since then, um, travel related, got home like, wow. But to be fair, I've been sick following travel a lot, just right. in general. So, right. you know, who knows? Just around a lot of people and a lot of germs and a lot of, uh, a lot of everything so well i don't work with people and you know we live pretty isolated here so there's not been a circumstance where it's like well i i better get tested to make sure that i'm not exposing other people because i wasn't so right so as far as i know i don't know maybe yeah yeah it's just it's interesting i mean we're all you would think everyone's going to get it eventually just because how you have to but for now i mean i say about who knows i may have had it early i don't remember ever being like sick sick but I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I think it's only accurate to say that you have yet to test positive. Ah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, but like had that. it probably, probably. Yeah. Because well, I boosted up. I got my fourth. I lived. Nobody. Same. I got <laughs> I the ran, whatever I it is. randomly the fall over and die. So. Bio variant or whatever it's called, like the, the new the new booster or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. Who knows? But I'm not going to wander around for a couple of days until we... Oh, so this you. out. She's got uh, a cold. It's, it's it's basically what about? I hope she, I hope she feels better. I hope she feels better. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna do some Instacart this week, and uh, oh, like the old days, like the old days. Oh, exactly. you're gonna isolate. Oh, that's so nice. 
That's so nice. So she gets a couple uh, uh, involuntary days off. Yeah. What yeah. what is the what is the isolation period these days? I wonder. I have no idea. It's a good question. Is anybody? Nobody's even tracking this stuff. Anymore. No, no. I think it's just honor code or whatever. Like, I until I don't know. I'll, I could make something up, but I honestly have no idea. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Okay. I would think until you test negative, but I don't know if that follows. Like, are you contagious? Past? Don't know. No idea. Someone knows. I'm sure. I was hoping. You know, I was, I was thinking the other day. Do you remember how there were conversations about the Great Reset? Like how this was going to kind of give us a chance to fix all the ills of the world and be more introspective and mm -hmm. somehow, in, in some way, change our human ways. <laughs> we really didn't at no. all. No. I don't think no. we learned sweet dick all out of this whole thing. Well, there's a question for the 12 people who might listen to this. Yep. Have a... Have you changed? What mm. uh, what changes? We we've you're a reader now. I'm a work. I'm a, I'm a lifter. <laughs> True. What changes have you made? Yeah. Uh, how about towards your fellow man? You know, I think a lot of us we've some of us, at least the white collars of us, have found ways to improve our lives and and develop hybrid work schedules and spend more time with our families and work on ourselves and. So good, good for us. But I haven't done anything for humanity. <laughs> no, like at all. No, God, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm less of a giver somehow. I think I give less. I. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching. There's a really uh, a YouTube channel that we like with this couple that kind of travels the world and goes to like exotic places and this kind of channel, right? And we just watched one yesterday where they're like way in the north of Norway somewhere, like the, the northernest settlement on earth, apparently. And it's like 2,000 people. And there, <laughs> apparently, there's a doomsday thing. Oh, with the seeds? With the seeds and yeah. everything of from all over the world for plants just in case X, Y, Z, you know? Yeah. And it really makes you think like, huh. <laughs> It does. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a reset, I mean, they're ready for the reset. That's the, that's the reset. All the seeds and everything up there. Isn't there some? Isn't there some? Well, there always is. Isn't there some conspiracy theory that there's a collective of very influential rich people who've been preparing for the sort of doomsday, maybe even egging it on, in hopes to eliminate 90% of the people on earth and then start again from Argentina or something like that. <laughs> isn't, there, isn't there something like that? Like, I don't know. I've, I've heard of individuals <laughs> yeah. uh, who have talked about such things, but right. I don't know if I've uh, seen the collective. No, I don't know. Okay. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to say it again. I do think there are too many people. I got to be honest. I think there's too many people. Uh, for, I, just that's it mm -hmm. you know i have i have nothing against people no and i don't fault people for existing but i think there's too many of us i'm not saying we need to you know wipe them out um it's more like gosh it doesn't seem sustainable uh not only our our resources like just but i, I was watching our our uh, you know illustrious politicians negotiate the, the future of our health in this mm -hmm. country Mm -hmm. 
here's okay. I'm going to say something here. This, this is maybe, this is maybe a little controversial. Okay. So I want to be clear. I have nothing against people immigrating to another country. One, I have nothing at all against anyone who's from another country at all. I wonder in our country, as with others, do we have infrastructure to support an influx of more people, right? So if we take a half a million people and put them into the healthcare system, and we can barely manage the number of people in Canada now, what is the, how are we actually going to deal with that? It's not a money issue. There needs to actually be more doctors and more hospitals mm -hmm. and things. Mm -hmm. During the housing crisis, right? People are having a hell of a time finding a place to buy, a place to rent that they can afford. There's just this huge shortage of housing. And as we put more people into the system without, you know, exponentially increasing the amount of housing, how is this going to actually work? So my, my question is, if I had one, is are any, are any of our politicians talking about kind of that? like on that level it's like what if how how are we how are we going to add a couple million people to the population without providing the social services and the housing and and all of the necessary infrastructure to support that increase of people i, I and i think immigration is on the whole fantastic mm -hmm. you know especially with an aging population especially with our our, our the needs in the job market, especially with a lot of things. But at the same time, it's like, gosh, I, I can't see a doctor and my rent is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. No argument from that. I mean, that's just, that's a numbers <laughs> thing. That's, that's true. I mean, the only thing is so simple. You're going to get, I can hear the emails coming in now. Yeah. yeah. Um, whoever smarter than, than us would probably have a number that would say, you know, how many, family doctors or how many types of doctors are required per capita which then leads me to think maybe this is too simple but for however many people immigrate to said country x number of those should be doctors <laughs> and x number of those should be nurses and then they have a job right. and then away you go you know like I, I know there's there's conversations around in certain territories to say hey look you were a doctor in whichever country you originate from. It shouldn't be that hard for you to also be a doctor here. Right. That's the problem. <laughs> you, you know, but unfortunately you're not, if you want to be a doctor here, you got to start from zero. Yeah. Right. You just gotta, you gotta go to college and you gotta go to med school and you got to the problem. It. Figure that out. And I think we have something. And look, I mean, everyone, it, we jokingly talk about our Uber driver who was a doctor but it's not a joke. Yeah. Like there are Uber drivers who are like, I was a surgeon. So, yeah. <laughs> but I want my kids to have a better life. And so I live here or my country is, you know, a, a complete disaster. So I can't live there anymore. I'm now like at this place where it's like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense without having the conversation of here's here. I, I get this a lot. Uh, I hear this expression in the United States. It'll all come out in the wash. Mm. Right. So if we <laughs> just, just bring a lot of people, everything will just kind of work itself out. But it, I don't think that's the case. No, that not with that. Not when you're not, a, a, a law doesn't allow 
people to practice what they do. Like, I'm not saying just come on in and let's have surgery like right out of the airport, but like it must be. <laughs> or at the um, airport. As uh, as Shark Tank's people would say, like there's got to be a better way. Like right. there's got to be a middle ground. Like there's got to be something to validate credentials or just have people prove what they can do or can't do or what their expertise is or isn't or whatever without going through what medical school in Canada is like, what, six years or something, something crazy. Like, sure. Like I've, I've expatriated. Uh, I don't know. I don't yet understand the difference between expatriation and immigration, but let's suppose there's one. So I expatriated to Costa Rica and I would love nothing more than to have been able to have uh, a Canadian doctor. That would be cool. Like, imagine that, you know, Canadian doctor moves to Costa Rica and uh, he or she or they decide, I want to be a doctor in Costa Rica. And there's maybe a year's worth of work and testing and things that you have to do in order to get licensed as a physician in that territory. And uh, I can open my practice and I'm a Canadian, I'm a doctor, and I see all the Canadians. Like, Doesn't why, that sound why nice? can't you, I mean, again, I, I'm probably an idiot. Like, why can't you just have apprenticeships where you do apprenticeships with more senior quote unquote qualified doctors within let's say Canada in this context. And you do that for pick a number, I don't know, a year, a year and a half, which you would get paid to do maybe not at the same rate or whatever. But then after that apprenticeship is over, you write a little, you write a test or your, your supervisor says something and, and you're good to go, you know, sure. Something where you're, you can do the practice, you're supervised just to make sure, you know, whatever. And and away you go. And how about having them like do their uh, internships through triage? So creating a more elaborate triage system to ensure that just a bunch of people aren't sitting around and emerge because they got the sniffles. Mm -hmm. And those doctors are using that as part of their interns hours. And you do the same thing for nurses and everything else and dentists and whatever else we need more of. And I mean, maybe we're not smart enough to understand. I mean, that seems like a, that seems like we're a hundred percent not smart enough to understand this. I know that. Yeah. It's, it's there. We're, I can tell you this. I, I know, for example, within a particular community in Montreal, all of those people who immigrated to Montreal see this doctor because he is of their community. He is right. of their ethnicity. He speaks their language. They love it. They go to his clinic, period, you know, but he went through all of the necessary steps to become a licensed physician here in Canada. And if those steps were somewhat expedited or truncated or changed into a way that it's like, we don't need you to start from zero. We can just recognize the skills that you have and open the practice. I just feel like, boy, that's going to take a lot of burden off the system. I really do. And everyone benefits because what's the one thing? I mean, Canadian healthcare is, is wonderful, but what's the one thing that people like, if it's not life-threatening, you have to wait for like a while, right? To get what you want. And that's not going to drastically change, but it could, could improve. Like what's wrong with improving something, you know? Let me tell you this. Anybody, I think, who's maybe a practicing physician or licensed therapist or something uh, of their of their skill set in a particular country might be more in 
incentivized to move to Canada because they have transferable skills that they can almost immediately hit the ground running in this nation, right? Mm -hmm. So for that might be one of the reasons I can imagine. And not to mention, these are high-paid, tax-paying, productive members of, of our economy and society. So it's just, it seems really, really smart to me to start bringing in teachers and doctors and therapists and engineers and i don't know maybe i'm crazy maybe i'm just the wide-eyed optimist (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's a budgetary issue though can't be i mean i don't know it's proportional like if it's tax funded then it's based on how many people pay taxes which is in theory most people so you bring in new, new people they also pay taxes so like it would simply would seem to not increase or it would stay the same so it seems like that would be a good plan i remember during the height of the pandemic where there was a lot of conversations about hospital beds and the lack thereof and icus and ventilators etc and i heard it well put it's like we can build a bunch of hospitals we just don't have staff (laughs) for them so it's like right. we can we can pull a China and and build twenty super hospitals in in a month. Doesn't mean that we can just manufacture doctors exactly. as well. Exactly. So well, at least here in Ontario, like the most common thing with like family doctors or whatever is that you see the sign like not accepting new patients. You know, you see that basically everywhere and in, in every clinic, and because they're just they have they're at capacity. They just don't have in Ontario at least not enough family doctors or not enough people want to be family doctors for a variety of reasons. Like yeah. they don't get paid as much and all that kind of stuff, but it's a number. You're right. It's a staffing issue. It's a numbers issue. So there's gotta be a better way. There has to be. It doesn't seem maybe again, I don't know the intimate details of it. All I see is whatever the news presents to me, which is, you know, who knows what that is, <laughs> but it just, it seems like it's a, you know, write bigger checks. Here you go. Yeah. I, I know you guys want a bigger check than this bigger check, but uh, go figure it out. And in the end, um, because they'll be fine. They've got great health care. They've got fantastic health care, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that Doug Ford has no problem seeing a doctor. You know, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. And he looks like he needs to see a doctor a lot. <laughs> like, he really does. It's uh Tough genetics in that family, I think. Yeah. yeah. We're not all blessed. Well, I don't know. Was this it? Is this what we do? I guess so. It's a Super Bowl today. Yeah, you got to go watch that Super Bowl. I got to go to the gym. Today's my lift day. Oh. Yeah. What are we lifting? Uh, I'm always doing dumbbells. I'm like super into dumbbells. And okay. I, I don't, um, but today's Sunday, so I'm going to probably do cable and okay. chin up, pull up, that kind of stuff. So I'm going to be doing a lot more pulling than today's my pull day. <laughs> today's my pull day. That's why I need someone to tell me what to do. I have this routine and it's just really good. It maximizes the at-home experience. So I have some some dumbbells, but everything else is just, you know, body weight, push-ups, lunges, squats. I have yep. a pull-up bar as well. Oh, nice. That I'm still working on because it's hard. I'm not quite there yet. Oh, dude, yeah. I know. I know. I think I can only do, well, on a good day, I can do six chin-ups mm-hmm. like six pull-ups um but if i'm doing hammer pull-ups i can do six or seven so i'm waiting until i can get about eight or nine of them consistently for three sets before i start doing the weighted pull-ups you know where you put the 
a belt around your waist and then you hang like a weight from it. Like, mm -hmm. like looks pretty dorky, but man, it's pretty I'm cool. Up to it because like watching on YouTube and whatever, like you do the like the dead hang and whatever for like a minute. Because mm -hmm. it's all about building up the muscle, just like anything else. Like me talk, like I know what I'm talking about, but the, you, and you work your way up and like. <laughs> Use a chair at first, chair assisted, then non chair assisted, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, oh, I know, I working know, working through it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just probably, I, I love my goblet squats and, you know, I, I love, I love, I love, it. I love it all. <clears throat> it's, it's great. I just put on tool and I hit the gym. Mm -hmm. The end. That's the a end. good, that's a good workout, uh, workout band or Pussifer. Is okay. really good or a perfect circle. Anything with anything with Maynard, basically, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, unless it's a day like today. Today's a cable day, so maybe like the chili peppers or something. I don't know. There you go. We'll see. We'll they see. have some new stuff, I hear. They do. Good new record just came out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the guitar player, John Frusciante, just put out his, uh, his solo record, which is nothing like the chili peppers. Mm -hmm. It's just a modular synth thing, which is totally spacey and uh, very cool. Nice. Very cool. I've been listening to that religiously. I'll check that out. Sometimes I like non-music, like things that are just a sound for 45 minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just give me some sounds. Just give me some sounds. All right, man. This is this is where it's going. Love Let's it. see. All right. Um, do we have a sign off? I don't know. Okay. I don't. Uh... I'm, I'm good today. Yeah, me too.